Hello, and welcome back to the Diet NPO podcast. My name is Zach, and I'll be your host. Our D2B season is in full effect as we kind of get into May, everyone graduating, into June, into July when I took my exam. So we know it's going to be a very hot time of year to be talking about the RD exam, so we all have a lot to talk about, don't we? I've been doing pretty well with everything lately as a food service RD, doing a lot more food service, and I think finally I'm really kind of coming into my own a little bit with this job and getting a lot of the responsibilities and getting this day-to-day stuff grasped some five, six months later at this point. This past weeks was really one of those first moments when it hit me and said, hey, I can I can do this job. And for a lot of you RDs to be and other people interested, this is a really good time and a good memory for you because you can realize like there was probably times in my life where I feel like I couldn't do this and you overcame that, you stuck with it, and you ended up figuring it out. And that's what kind of hit me this week. And so I just really recommend keeping that with you as you kind of go forward. One big thing that we've really been working on a lot is learning about ADIME and evaluation and different program development, especially as a food service RD and as community dietitians too. Community dietitians all over create programs for groups, for individuals, in corporate wellness, fitness facilities, in WIC, Head Start, you name it. There's community dietitians all over the place that are developing some type of program for a group or an individual. Whatever program or service you provide, it's always some type of development and evaluation of what your program is. On the RD exam, there's usually a multitude of questions that could be situationally focused that talk about program development and community programs. And it's a lot of it that we have to try to draw from the nutrition care manual because there's lots of types of information that can be integrated into these types of questions. These are the types of questions that would say, what should you do next? Or what would be the best decision? Or what would you do last or first for this instance? These are all types of words that can kind of throw off students because it takes something that's a regular question and breaks it down to becoming very step-by-step focused, very objective focused, whereas I think too many students make it very subjective focused. And what I mean is kind of an example of this is, let's say if a question asked about a weight management program and asked you what to do next, well, maybe a student who had some type of preconceived notion or practiced mindful eating would choose the type of answer that corresponded to mindful eating. It doesn't mean it was necessarily the best option out of those four. Does that make sense? It's kind of bringing it all together to make sure we're considering all the options and putting on a nice objective hat when we look at these types of questions. Of course, there is some subjectivity, but mostly objectivity. Whenever we develop programs, we very much do use ADIME. ADIME being, of course, as you know, say it with me, the A for assessment, the D for diagnosis, I for intervention, M for monitoring, and then E for your evaluation. And we do ADIME much in the same way with community programs, just not necessarily always in that same structured format, but there is a format. And this is an important thing to remember when we're learning about developing community programs, and especially when it comes to the RD exam. So sit back and let's go through this concept a little bit of learning what a program is, how do I form one from scratch. Let's outline those basic steps that would we go towards developing a type of program and then evaluating it after the fact. Step one is what we always start with, and keep this in mind, 
is we're going to conduct what's called a community needs assessment. See, I told you Adyne would be brought into this. You didn't believe me. Assessment is always your first steps when you're working with individuals, groups, because we don't want to choose an intervention too early because maybe we chose an intervention that is possibly already there in a, in a community. We don't want to cannibalize on those types of options. We want to see really what they need and how we're going to provide it. Now, assessments, especially community needs assessments, are like a snapshot of, of the community itself and maybe some of the health risks, health disparities, and needs that they might actually have. The National Health and Examination Survey, or NHANES, is a really good example of a community needs assessment because NHANES is a framework for sampling people, conducting a health assessment, asking them several questions about their health behaviors, and then kind of giving you some data to go on from that. So NHANES is a great example of what we're talking about when it comes to a community needs assessment. Now, after you've done this assessment on your community, whether it's uh, where you live or where you work, step two is to develop that program a little bit. And a good start with that is forming goals and objectives. It's gonna be really important for the exam you know the difference between a goal and an objective. Now a goal is generally very, is, is very general I should say, and it's more long-term. A goal would be something like saying, I want to reduce the diabetes incidence in my community. It's not very specific, it's very broad, very general, not very time measurable, but that's when we're gonna start talking about an objective. An objective or smart objectives tend to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive. And objectives are very specific. My favorite example of an objective was over 50% of the population will have a hemoglobin A1C in the normal range by 2030. See how it's very specific, it's very focused, um, it's time sensitive, we know exactly what we're working towards. That's what, can, that's what an objective will be. <clears throat> Your objective could be outcome focus, which means it's focused on a specific behavior attitude or health change, or it can be process focus, which is actually the process or the service itself. So those are the types of objectives you can focus on. Am I focusing on helping the population or am I focused on the process or the service itself? Those are gonna be the difference, the process obviously focusing on the process there. Let's next really develop that plan after those goals and objectives. You'd want to use those objectives to kind of build up how you want to implement your intervention. Maybe you're going to be doing written materials for, for an ethnic group. or Maybe you're working with children and you need to think about what your intervention is really going to be with how you're going to apply and teach these concepts. So it's at this stage where you're really looking at your population, looking at the types of kind of like demographics, such as their reading ability and really making sure that whatever intervention that you do choose, it's going to be nice and specific and individualized to what their needs that so they can help everyone there. Finally, you're going to have different types of evaluations of programs here. You can have formative evaluations, which are evaluations you do kind of along the whole way about the program. And then you have kind of summative evaluations, summative being like a summary to say that. And there's kind of four different types of interventions beyond that point, or interventions I mean is evaluations, different ways you're gonna evaluate the program. And they all focus on different things, but if we don't complicate them too much, I think we can definitely work through these concepts. One type is we talked a little bit about the process evaluation, right? So 
Process evaluation is looking at the service or the process itself. How effective was it? Was everything conducted in the way it was supposed to be? Um, you know, those types of things. Like, did we make sure we did the process and did the intervention the way we were supposed to? That's the process evaluation. There's also what we call our outcome evaluation. And the outcome is saying, what was the outcome upon the population, okay? Um, this could be looking at what the goal or objective was of the program, or it could be looking at other outcomes of the program that we may not have identified the first time. Another is an economic evaluation, which is all about the money here, everyone. It's all the cost and benefits. So if you see this in a question, economic would be very focused on the money coming in and the money coming out. Um, does the cost of this program outweigh the cost benefits saved? A good example of this could be a community nutrition program for diabetes in hopes of pre preventing the amount of ER visits for hyperglycemia, right? You are investing in this program in the front end so that you have less healthcare costs on the back end from those ER visits. That's the thought process behind those, that economic evaluation. And we talked a little bit about the summative, right? Summative happening at the end. Did we achieve that objective after everything? What was our achievement of, of that kind of outcome in that way? So let's bring it all together for a practice question and let's see how we can do here. We have a group of people living independently in a senior citizen residence and they ask the community dietitian for information about shopping and cooking for one. What action should the dietitian take first? Okay, group of people, senior citizens living in a community, they want to ask the dietitian and learn more about cooking for one. What should they do first? Key word for that, for that dietitian. Should they first discuss with the residents their current food shopping and cooking practices? That's A. B, organize a grocery store tour to point out single serving foods available for the residents. That's B. C is to conduct a written survey with the residents to determine the food preferences and nutrition knowledge. Or D, organize cooking classes at the senior citizen's residence. Okay, so we have, are we going to talk to them first and learn a little more? Are we gonna go ahead and organize our, our kind of visit to the grocery store? Are we gonna do a survey to determine their preferences? Or are we gonna organize cooking classes? Well, let's go through each and I'll say whether I like it, love it, or just don't like it. For A, a group of people, okay, for A, discussing with the residents their current food and shopping practices. I'm gonna hold on to that for just a minute. Whenever I'm thinking first, I should be thinking assessment. Yes, so that would be a really good assessment stage for me is to talk to them. I'm just gonna hold on to it for just a minute here. Organize a grocery store to, to point out the single serving foods available. My only issue with that question is, I don't think I'm at that point. Maybe it wouldn't be the first thing I would do and it would be helpful at some point, but would it be the first thing? Mm, I'm not as sure if that would be the first thing I would do, so I'll actually get rid of that. I don't want to do a grocery store right now. Conduct a written survey with the residents to, to determine food preferences. Okay, this feels more assessment to me, so I'm going to hold on to that too. Or D, organize cooking classes at the residence. Again, I think with D, we're probably jumping the gun. That's more of the intervention. Whereas we're still developing what we're gonna do first. We don't even know our goals and objectives or haven't talked to them yet, right? We don't know what the need is. So I'm between A, let's talk to them about their current practices, or C, do a survey. For me, I'm probably gonna go with A. I would like to discuss this with the residents more than likely. 
And the only reason I don't like C is a couple things is one being that, hey, um, surveys might not work for everyone. They might not be able to hold a pencil, C, write. Um, they might not be independent. It might not be the best modality for everyone. Whereas discussing and talking with them, we'll get some more details from them about why they want to learn about cooking or shopping for one or what their current practices are. What do they even have in their residence will be a good thing to really ask about at this stage. So for me, that makes A the best fit. Let's discuss and assess those patients. Today on the What's Eating You segment, I wanted to share a recent experience that I had visiting the University of Illinois to see their dining facility. We were hosted by U of I and lentils.org. This is a lentil producer that came with us to present the power of lentils, basically. And, and it was really, really fun. We had an excellent time. It was a whole day event where I got to go with one of our unit chefs and our executive chef to visit their campus, see the dining facility. I'd been on their campus you know, hundreds of times before, but not much in their dining facilities. It was a whole day where it consisted of kind of an educational session, followed by a cooking demo from them on how to cook lentils and prepare them into different dishes. And then at the end of the day, we even got to prepare three lentil dishes of our own. So what we threw together as our group was a power bowl. It was my personal favorite that check it out on Instagram. We've got a beautiful picture of it. It's a lentil and a split pea farro kind of like um, bowl with shiitake mushrooms, a red sauce, a crunchy chickpea saute, topped with parsley and some other kind of herbs and spices, salt and pepper obviously in there. And since lentils are kind of bland, we're so used to having them in like a soup a lot of the time, you can actually use them in lots of ways, but you really have to make sure to use lots of herbs, spices, and, and lots of aromatics to really bring out the flavor of the lentils and make them taste better, or else, yeah, you're not gonna be too happy with that overall texture and taste in there. So check out that Instagram post if you wanna see kind of what we threw together and what you can do with this protein-packed, plant-based protein. But that ties it up for the Diet NPO podcast today. I hope you had fun, I hope you learned something, you know how to work those community programs a little better. Don't forget to review, rate, subscribe, let me know what else you wanna hear about. Keep cooking, keep studying, and hey, have a great day.